day, and welcome to Healing in the Afterloss. This is a show about coming to a place of peace and healing after loss. I am Deborah Brown, and it is my honor and privilege to be co-hosting the show with Benjamin Allen, my friend, a brilliant writer, a gifted speaker, and an amazing human being. And here we are. It is January 22nd, 2015. And Benjamin, we're going to talk about something kind of different today, about uh, expressing ourselves after loss of a loved one. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and I can't believe that you know? uh, that 2015 is already screaming by at 22 days gone. I mean, like, my word. <laughs> where where yeah. does the time go? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, where does the time go? Um so today, I want to kind of set this up, first of all, by, by reminding people that you are an author, and the book that you wrote is called Out of the Ashes, Healing in the Afterloss, and it is a book about profound loss, and then forging a new path, and I don't know if you call it forging a new path, I always say you were forging a new path, but you might have a different way of putting it, but I know you always talk about leaning into loss, and um, not trying to escape it. So I think today if we talk about maybe some creative expression around um, how people sometimes handle it, that might be interesting. So first of all, would you say you've been forging a new path or that you forged a new path after loss of your family? Is that a good way to put it? Well, I wouldn't use the word new because everyone has their own way. I say forging uh, my own path. And uh, I think in the uniqueness of grief and the uniqueness of loss and how each of us go through that, we we have universal touchstones, but we also have such an individual way of responding to those touchstones. And so the pathway is, is, is uh, a common pathway that's uh, traveled in a very, uh, unique way for each one. And when you're talking about the creativity uh, and how we find expression, and it really that's what creativity is, is, is finding expression. So how we find a way to express our sorrow, express our loss, express our love and our honoring, all of those is part of the creative path whether it's done in a in a formal way or an informal way, it is an expression, and and everyone needs an outlet to express such a deep loss. And and mine have been in different ways, and and everyone that I've come in contact with who has experienced loss has that kind of need for to to give uh, voice uh, to give that kind of manifestation of their own sorrow and loss into a larger context. Absolutely. And I was thinking about that this morning in terms of my experience most recently. um, Well, I've lost uh, my husband's family, my parents, but my mother in particular, I I was um, aware of my need to express my love, my loss, and honor her through what I wrote for her obituary and Mm -hmm. what I told the minister that I wanted to make sure when he did his 
eulogy or his service that he expressed for me, because I knew I was not going to be able to say it, um, that he, I wanted to, to make sure that the people assembled knew certain things about my mother. And that was my creative way, now that I think about it in this terms, uh, and, and it was very, very beautiful. And it was, frankly, um, some of my best writing. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so um, you know, because it really came from that place so, so deep and so, um, oh gosh, it was just from my soul, really wanting to make sure that people understood that my mother was a warrior and that she was um, afraid of a lot of things, but it did not keep her from protecting her children. And we lived in foreign countries like Iran, as an example, in uh, in the early 60s. And, you know, it was it was a a way of saying, no, this you, you people need to understand that my mother was special. And, and the only person that could tell it that way was me. And I wanted to make sure that I put it out there in a way that was beautiful and um, meaningful and lifelong forever. So, that's very beautiful, and that's and that's what I think is is so important in in the grieving process and and and, and living with loss and in loss is is that outlet, that expression. And, you know, life is an art form and so is loss. Loss is an expression of, of life and, and that and there's an artistic element to that, the creative element, the wanting others to know. We we all have our stories. We all have our experiences. My uh, the first anniversary of, uh, for actually it's not the anniversary of my brother's death, it's his, the first time since his death of his birthday and the spreading of his ashes. And and my other brother and I were on the phone talking about this and and uh, Skip, my brother was still alive, uh, was sharing with me again the final moments of Michael's life and the things that we remembered and the things that we were sharing back and forth about Michael. And that is a creative form of art. It's the telling of the story. It doesn't have to be something on paper. It doesn't have to be a painting or a poem or anything. It can be those things, and many times it is those things, and that is a a very healing element in the process. But we forget that that just telling the story to another and we everyone needs that outlet to be able to reflect back and I was listening to my brother thinking you know this is important I've heard it all before we've talked about it before we've shared the same things but in the context of Michael's birthday and the spreading of his ashes and being the first year uh, and that time of reflection it, that is part of the creative process of keeping uh, love and life alive and, and the expression of it in the creative form of art, the art of, of sharing a story. Absolutely. And I think that um, when we think about a wake or, you know, the the event at someone's house after the funeral, you know, everybody comes back and there's all the laughter and the, it's 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 an odd kind of thing to watch in a way. It's like, wow, you know, you guys should all be sad. But, of course, 
we don't want to be sad. We want to be remembering. And, and usually the stories are pretty awesome and fun. And, and the, the, the person who is now departed probably is pretty appreciative that they were that amusing in life you know, to have the stories be so good, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's funny. It is, it is interesting, the, the, the paradoxical nature of grief, you know, and, and how it's the, it's the most difficult thing I've ever gone through is the death of my wife and two children and, and those, I mean, those top all of the deaths that I've traveled through. I've traveled through my mother's death, my brother's death, and friends that I've loved dearly. But it, it is paradoxical that in the most deepest, darkest times, humor and laughter and jokes and stories are uh, are so much a part of that landscape and actually are so much a part of our healing. And so there is that, and there also is that 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 what you may want to reflect on, what you may want to talk about, is that that more formalized type of artistic expression, a writing of a poem, you know, a writing of a story, a, a, a drawing, uh, a putting together, a, a you know, some kind of uh, monument of some sort of, of, of memory, and uh, and so you know, those are those are important too, you know, even the kind well, of flowers. Someone would pick out the take to the gravesite or something. That is a creative expression. Yeah, they are. As a matter of fact, you're absolutely right. Um, you mentioned the flowers. Also, the um, just reminded me of the the music um, at my mother's mm. service. And I don't know how my nephew was able to do this because I, I always put myself into somebody else's shoes and I think, oh, my Lord, have mercy. I would never have been able to do it. But he played the guitar and sang a song, which is a beautiful song called, I think it's called Go Tell It on the Mountain or something like that. Um, I think it's a Vince Gill song. I'm not sure. But anyway, it was absolutely beautiful. It's the first time I had heard Christopher sing that way. I knew he could sing but it had been a long time when he was a kid I heard him sing, you know, but this was a grown man, you know, police officer, you know, singing for his grandmother. And I thought I was going to just burst with pride and, you know, just everything. And, of course, I was crying my eyes out. But it was um, it was just so perfect, you know. It was just so perfect for that to happen. And it was his artistic expression for his grandmother, and it was so nice. It was That's so nice. <clears throat> Yeah, it is. So and, you mentioned the monument, and oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, what what you just mentioned uh, uh, triggers something for me is that in the creative expression, there is that coming from deep within something within us, and it it flows and it needs to in its full capacity, its full cycle, to flow into another, and that's why it. There's a place for grieving and, and living in that depth of, of leaning into those feelings as, uh, and, and solitude, but there's also such a need to be in community and grieve and to have that outlet of another hearing the song, another touching, because it brings us to common places. You know, even in our uniqueness of the past, the common places that we gather around sorrow. And as we express our sorrow, 
is absolutely crucial. Everyone needs an outlet. And so in that creative expression, it, it like the writing of a poem is one thing. The sharing of the poem is another. And both are crucially uh, are, are crucial and, and, and important to have in that. So it, it does bring to, to mind that whole part of we come together for a funeral and we come together in that loss, but we also journey together in the loss beyond the funeral, beyond it. We find people that we can connect with, that can that we can share our stories, share our poems, show our pictures to, you know, all of those things. And that's very much a part of, of uh, what's important as a human being in the midst of loss. It is. And have you also noticed how people put up a web page for their loved one? You know, back in the day, you know, we didn't, we didn't because we didn't have that. But I know um, there are people that put up a web page um, so that you can, um, you know, basically in on demand, so to speak, be able to hear, uh, read more and, and maybe even see video of the person who has departed. And I find that interesting. Um, I, I never have wanted to do such a thing. I, I don't, but I know what people do. So that's obviously their creative expression. And same thing with a Facebook page. You know, so it's interesting how technology allows us to be in community even on a bigger scale if we want to. That's true, and and I do. I have noticed that it's interesting that when, you know, you've talked about the the book that I wrote as being a legacy for Lydia, Matt, and Brian, and and I did not think of it that way. I I, I looked at it as the reason I wrote the book was to help another who is going through that kind of sorrow to hear that they are not alone. You know, I, it wasn't to to keep them alive for me because, you know, I, and I've had other expressions of how I connect and there were many times, many people, many years that I would tell the story and share with them of them because I wanted people to know. But it's interesting that, that I had come to a place of where, that was no longer the focal point of wanting people to know. I'd come to a place where most of the people in my life by that time did not know Matt, didn't know Lydia, and, and didn't know Brian. And But it wasn't to write to say, I want you to know these people. It, it was, I want you to know you're not alone. And that this is what we went through, and this is how we made it through it. And so it was a different context for that. But I, I had, when you when we first started working together and you were editing the book and, we were, and you were saying this feels like a legacy, I I couldn't I didn't relate to it. I didn't even think about that, which is kind of an odd situation. But there was a creative element, and the creative element in sharing the story wasn't for their legacy, but it was part of the creation of community of saying whatever you're going through, you can make it. Right, right. And, well, you know, I, I do believe definitely that the book is a legacy for your for your beautiful family. No, There's no question in my mind about it. The way I read it and the way I will always think of it is that. And it is also to lift the spirits of other people, to 
give them hope that um gosh if you can if you can show them how it went for you um and tell them that you know the, what do you say the um the path the journey to uh the journey to healing has many footprints and yours are are some of them you know so i i just think it's important for us to share and and you're right being in community is is um is a big deal and you have a facebook page that speaks to that you've got thousands and thousands of people that that gather at your facebook page uh why don't you tell us what that is again well it's um uh, <laughs> grief and healing in the afterlife i had to think for a second grief and <laughs> healing in the afterlife it's a facebook page and that's really a lot of people are telling their stories and then and, and sharing you know it, it's not about me or my story. It's about that healing in the afterlife is coming together and and saying, you know, this is what happened to me. This is what is happening to me. And others rising to that place of saying, you're not alone. And that is the ultimate uh, gift that we can give each other is to, is to journey with each other. And, and, and not just on Facebook, but in, in in, um, at a coffee shop over coffee, or and when someone does create some kind of cr- uh, creative expression, you know, going to the art gallery, see their art, you know, just saying, you know, it, it's a validation of who people are, who we are. You know, it's a validation of our, our hurt, it's a validation of our strength and our capacity, to, and it really is important. and. That's why the you know, there is that balance between you know going through the grieving process with, in a in a place of solitude, but also in a place of solidarity, you know, of being with another and and saying, I know that experience. You're not alone. Tell me more. Just like with my brother in that conversation, he needed to share that. He and I was honored to listen again to the stories and because of just it's a validation yeah we really went through this yes our brother did walk this earth yes we do love him you know and those are the kind of things that that in the expression that i never used that term before the solitude and the solidarity but that that certainly fits it does it does and this um this community and hearing other people's stories of how they quote unquote did it how they got through or or are getting through or you know walking the path um kind of is a place to be reminded of the recuperative power of human beings the resilience you know the 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 ability for people to um, be knocked down and taken to the absolute depths where you think, oh, my gosh, I cannot get over this. And, of course, mm-hmm. we know I've talked about it. We don't get over it. We just kind of keep moving. <laughs> so whatever whatever comes next is not necessarily get over. It's get in, I think, is the way yeah. you say it. But, but yeah. um, isn't that true, though, to talk about the recuperative power of human beings and their resilience? That that's really when you express in some beautiful way, like art or music or um, or, or a book, that you're kind of putting it out there that you know there's there's hope in tragedy. 
I think so. I think that's and I, I think there that this is loss is a part of everyone's life. And how we travel through it in our own unique way adds to the collective of ah, oh, here's another way, here's another angle to look at, here's another, you know, point that I may have missed in that in my in the depths of my sorrow is and here's a place where Yes, this resonates with me. I know that feeling. And so there is that, there's a lot of things that happen. And uh, you know what just occurred to me when you, and I've often said that you're right about we don't get over it, we get in it or through it. And we all, but, you know, I was thinking we don't get over it, we expand within it. And there's an expansion element to grief and loss that, that, you know, there's a contraction and expansion, but th- my experience, and we've talked about this before, is that, you know, in, in my experience, a part of me goes with the one that has died and a part of them stays with me, and it's a reintegration process of who I am now. I am not the same person. And there is a part of me that travels and that is always with the one who is who has died and 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 that and, and that expansion. So the creative process is exploring that expansive element, that connection that is always there. And it's a it's kind of a manifestation in this plane of existence, any creative process of what that reintegration in that larger context is of my continued relationship with that person. My relationship with my children did not die when they died. My relationship with Lydia, my first wife, did not die when she died. And it continues to this day in its own expression and expansion. And the creative process is really about uh, putting some type of, 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 uh, I was going to say face to it or manifestation to it, and uh, those aren't really the best terms, but I, that's what I can think of. But it is about bringing it to life in a different way of expression. Does that make any sense? That I just ramble it on? Does. And, no, it does. And <laughs> okay. um, you said manifestation, and I was going to let you stop talking so that I was not talking over you because that's more cool. Thank you. <laughs> but I was going to say it's a, it's a container, it's a container, and the container can be something public. It could be, uh, like the one that comes to mind right now is the AIDS quilt. Right. Look how big that was. It went to, didn't it go to the mall on the, um, at, in Washington? Oh, yeah. It was in front of the, um, um, uh, the Washington Memorial and all that stuff. And, and right. just think about how much love and expansion of whoever was doing those amazing quilt squares and then to go there and I don't know the the same thing now occurs to me with um the um the war memorials and yeah you know yeah. those those public places are a beautiful place to go but it's and gather with other people having the same kind of um honoring and and uh, love experience, and the things that people do at those memorials. Some people do a rubbing of the, uh, in the case of the the Vietnam Wall, wall um, 
Am I making sense? I mean, there's just a lot going on where people yeah. express their grief in public ways, and yet it's very private. Right. Well, and, and that's that's how it goes. I mean, any any public expression is uh, originates within and is nurtured by the private. And so that again, the solitude and the solidarity. That there's that. I'll have to reflect on that more because that really does work for me. That that we had that solitary experience of our loss, and the solidarity is is, is an expression beyond us that connects us to to that greater context of life. And uh, mm-hmm. but you know what what struck me when you were talking, I've been to the Vietnam War Memorial, incredibly moving, and uh, just and just that sense of of, of touching those names and knowing that of what lives lived and and sacrificed and and all three of my family Lydia Matt and Brian have a, a quilt at the AIDS memorial and and they each have a quilt that that is a part of that larger massive uh, uh, expression and what what occurred to me when you brought that up that I had thought about is that. It, it that what we do creatively in our expression of loss, and especially if we write a poem or we write something or we paint something, or there's a, 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 a kind of a creative memorial in the housework, is that we get to return to it, and it and and return and, and to and there it, is a touchstone. Our creativity is a touchstone for our continuity. And, and and the continuity of my relationship, I remember seeing uh, Matt's quilt uh, many many years later, and everything every emotion that it brought to me. You know that's that's what it's about. It's like when we create, it does not end there. That's the beginning of the expression, and that expression goes for the rest of our lives. The the, the Vietnam. War Memorial will long outlast us and long outlast every person that knew the name of one of those individuals. It will long outlast us, but it will be a touchstone to the sorrow that we as a country and we as individuals felt during that time. Wow. Well, first of all, I did not know that your family was represented on that quilt. I, I did not know yeah. that. Wow. <laughs> That's A. <laughs> B. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, um, it's almost overwhelming sometimes thinking about it. Yeah. But what I like is what you just said, <clears throat> That, and I'm going to paraphrase, but I, I'm going to actually go back to the to the recording at some point and find around minute 25 because I think that's when you said what I really loved. And I wasn't writing it fast enough, but I'm going to paraphrase. And you said that creativity is the touchstone for the continuity of our expression of love. Yeah, that's good enough. And, good. and if you didn't say it, that's at minute 27, and we do like it. So, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so, so now I said it, only you said it. Okay. But, you know, we're we're making light, but um really it is what you said also about being able to return to it. 
and like you said, you know, the, the war memorial is going to outlast all of us, but people will, through centuries or however long, <laughs> century, yeah, centuries, um, people will be able to go to it and and have their own expression there. So because it'll be their family members, you know, their way back family members. It's pretty amazing, pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, go ahead. No, I don't have anything. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say that there are some very interesting um, songs that I know of that were tributes to people, you know, um, for example, Elton John wrote Empty Garden following the death of John Lennon. And then he rewrote, and I remember this, Candle in the Wind to remember Princess Diana after her tragic death. And another person that wrote a song in memory of John Lennon was, of course, Paul McCartney. He wrote today, uh, Here Today. Um, Eric Clapton composed a song called Tears in Heaven following his son's accidental death from a fall. Um, there's just do- dozens of them, dozens and dozens. And then, of course, many of the classic books on grief, you know, the authors were um, coming into, out of, or whatever, something horrible, like, uh, who is it? Um, Martha Whitmore Hickman wrote the book called Healing After Loss, Daily Meditations for Working Through Grief, after her 16-year-old daughter was killed in a riding accident. So, you know, there's there's things that people live through, and then they do whatever they do um, to express their, their next step. Because it's always really about the next step, isn't it? Because this path yeah, does not just stop. Right. And you, you brought up, as you were reading those, what, what came to mind for me is that every one of those was a creative expression out of who they are and, and what their gifts are. I mean, not everyone's a, a songwriter. Not everyone is a, a, a writer or a painter. or But what we yearn for and this is this. I hadn't thought of this before, but that, that really triggered me as you were reading that list was that our expression of loss comes, and our unique expression of loss comes from our uniqueness, comes from our innate uniqueness of who we are. And so, it is grief and, and loss is about that alignment of of, of the, the people. That you know, it sounds redundant, but the, the the people that that in our natural capacities are the, are what are the best expression of our grief. Some people can just you know they they you know they could who knows you know put glue on seashells and put them on a piece of paper like I did in second grade, and that's about the extent of my artistic ability when it comes to that kind of art form. But if I needed to do that, I would do that. But it, it really, it, it is important to see that that our grief comes from that very genuine place of our being, and to really not try to do something that's that's out of that context, because it is within that context that we find our greatest uh, expansion of of expression. Does that make sense? I mean, I was just like, it just struck, just struck me. I don't have to be a songwriter. I'm not a songwriter. I don't have to 
you know, to paint something because God knows nobody would want to see my painting. It's still a little stick figure, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, and so that's important as we go through the grieving process. It's not just a reflection on all that we've lost, but it is an expression of all that we are. Well, you know, you may not be a painter. I'm not either. And we may not be songwriters. I'm certainly not. But what we are is doing right now the art form called speaking and sharing about loss so others can have whatever they're getting from it, which I hope is a blessing of some kind. So, you know, we're unscripted. We're working without a net. Uh, you know, we we never know, you and I, what are we going to say next? I don't know what we're going to say next because it just comes. And, you know, we've been we've been on 33 minutes right now, and it's been pretty cogent and, <laughs> and, and I thought meaningful. So it's an art form, and so this is our creative expression right now that is in service to the grief community is the way I'm looking at it. Does that fit for you? Yeah, I think it does. I, and it would be nice to explore about more of how loss brings us into a greater understanding of us, our own selves. But you also touched upon something just just that a uh, minute ago, or in the, your last uh, uh, comments, was that it's to give to another that sense of service, that sense of you know you, you mentioned something, and I'm paraphrasing it. I'm paraphrasing it. You know that that this is our being able to express and help others, and there is something about that that that, that is universal. Is that there are people like the Facebook pages, you know, the people that have uh, I've, I've come across Facebook pages that have come to the, the one about uh, grief and healing and the after loss that say, I have a Facebook page about, you know, children that are murdered, you know, or this or that and because their child is murdered. And they want others to come and, and that's their sense of service and expression. It's not about, oh, look at me. It's about... Look at us. Look at how can we help each other. And so there is that element. So there. So the two things that we might want to explore in that ex- creative expression is that deeper understanding of who we truly are, and how that does manifest, and and uh, the collective of how we can be of service and give to another. Yes. That really fascinates me as as we've been thinking of this about. As I've gone through the grief of and after Matt died, you know, know, Brian died first as as an infant, uh, eight and a half months old. Lydia then died, and then Matt died three years after Lydia. And after Matt died, and I was, uh, this whole process was done, the, the one question that I had, and I had many questions, but I said, who am I? Who am I now? I'm not a father. I'm not a husband. I'm not the. Who am I? And that that was a deep sense of reflection. I also made a commitment at that time because I had nothing else to live for. Uh, but I I made a commitment to say I'm going to follow this sorrow wherever it takes me. And that's where I came to that place. I'm going to lean into everything. So it really was this journey 
of when we come up to a place of loss and our entire equilibrium is just totally shattered and, and, and there's nothing there that, that feels familiar anymore and everything has changed uh, because our whole you know, gravitational experience of connection to another has been destroyed and I'm, I was sitting there going, I'm just in free fall, who am I? And that had to be addressed. And I think everyone addresses it in one form or another, you know, that that when our entire, you know, world is is torn to pieces, what pieces are left? And then we pick up those pieces and then we create. We create another life. We find meaning, sometimes in some very meaningless, uh, appearing meaningless situations and, and experiences. But, you know, we come together again internally, and then we come together again externally with others, the solitude and the solidarity again. And so that that is a looking within and going there and finding that expression within creates what ultimately comes out. Yes. Now, I would like to say this is the perfect example of your creative expression, how you are able to go from who am I now, I will follow the sorrow wherever it takes me. That's even poetic in just your normal speaking. (laughs) You have a way of putting words to these thoughts that are so deep and so universal that is beautiful. And that's why I'm hoping that people will uh, go to your website, which is theafterloss.com, buy the book, which is Healing in the Afterloss, um, I'm sorry, Out of the Ashes, Healing in the Afterloss. And it's just, it's full of that. That's your gift to us. And you've done it so beautifully. And I just hope that people will take advantage of it because what I found reading your book is there were places in it that made me think of my mother. There were places in it that made me think of my father, of of other places where I have lost something, but I was able to um, see through your writing that okay, you know, I can I can handle that in a different way. I can I can enjoy a memory and not feel crushed by it. Do you know what I'm saying? And and yeah. it's very 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 nice of you to have done that. But you're very talented, as you know. You're very talented. <laughs> so, well, thank, so. well, thank you, thank you, and I, I do appreciate that. And that what you just said is really a part of that creative process of being in full circle. If I wrote that and no one was able to read it, I would not be complete. You know, if there was someone that created a Facebook page for someone they loved and no one went there, it would not be complete. And it is about the completion, and it's not closure that that the book that I wrote gave me, it was a completeness of saying, and this is part of what I suggest we talk about the second part, is that of being of service. And what touches me most is when someone that has read the book comes to me and says, I want to to tell you about my father, or this reminded me of Because that's what it's about. It's about them touching those deep places within themselves 
and finding me there and finding us there and and that and and so so we penetrate the solitude with the solidarity and that's that's that whole thing about service that comes from our loss is that we want to give back you know the funniest thing for me around not the funniest but an interesting thing around uh around uh, the uh situation of when Lydia was dying and she died 3 years before Matt she was very much a part of of wanting to do something well she did something for children with aids and she did a lot of a lot of social things but in in a ancillary way <coughs> she wanted to help the environment and she wanted to help the earth and totally unrelated when Matt was dying he died at the age of 13 a month after his 13th birthday but the last year of his life I watched him become more environmentally conscious and wanting to be a part of the planet and I I, I, it always mystified me that you know you're, you're leaving this planet and yet you want to do something for this planet and so and I have thought about that for years and years of why that is of that connection between the two, I still haven't come up with an, uh, uh, an answer. But but it is something about wanting to give back, wanting to give. We have this yearning to want to give, and we also have a yearning of of not forgetting, forgetting the ones we love. And so the creative process is can can be a two prong at the very least, two prong experience of giving back to being of service and for the honoring and remembering. So, but that really means a lot to me when you say that about the book, because I didn't write that book for me. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty at ease with the journey that Lydia, Matt and Brian and I are on to this day. There's nothing that needed to be completed by the writing of the book for me in my, in my solitude but the, it was for the solidarity that I wrote the book. It was for the that you're not alone that I wrote the reflections and the experiences that uh, we had and that I had after they died and how I came back to life piece by piece, you know, into peace, which is kind of... <laughs> <laughs> piece by piece, way. into peace. See? Perfectly? Yeah, I like that. Perfectly? I like that. <clears throat> of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to go back to the... Um, the fact that Matt and Lydia had that same environmentally um, conscious experience there in their final however long. Um, I would call that a natural legacy, nature. And, And that's why we plant a tree in memory of someone. That's why we beautify the environment. You know, and I think I would like somebody to plant a tree in my name. Because that's that's a natural legacy, and I like that idea a lot. Mm-hmm. So thank you, you know, for when, saying when, that. Yeah, when Brian died, we planted a tree at his first uh, anniversary of his birthday, his first birthday he never made. And uh, after on um, the anniversary of his death, to honor him, we would let off balloons. Uh, and Matt said, you know, he was about four or five at the time that that, that it wasn't. Good for the environment. <laughs> oh how! Oh my God! No way! And, and, Too and fun. That, yeah, and that's how 
uh, we came to the rose ceremony. That the rose ceremony and, and doing something and honoring the ones that died because, you know, Matt knew he was going to die. So in honoring Brian every year, it was saying, we remember Brian, but Matt, I will always remember you. You know, so it was very important events for us. But uh, he was the one that said, <laughs> it's bad for the environment to let off the rose. <laughs> that's great. And so that's, that's... And so we, we started doing the rose. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. He was an amazing yeah. little boy. He was a very wise child. <laughs> I feel like I knew him. I've told you that before. <laughs> so mm. that's good. He was he he was good to be to know. He was a good person to know. And so, <sighs> well, I think we've come to the end, haven't we? We have, and I just want to say one more thing about this completing the circle. You know, we're talking uh-huh. about completing the circle. I would like to propose another thought on that, and that is the infinity symbol, because. I would like to say my journey might be on the right or left side as you're looking at the infinity circle, and yours might be on the opposite. And as we are walking towards each other, we come to the center, and then we each go our own way, and we come back. So I kind of like that idea, too, is that um, it's not really an ending. It's a continuum. You know, infinity is forever. And I just like that idea. So I, I... I'd like to kind of think about that some more in terms of what does that mean when we're in community with one another and really caring about being in service. That's nice. We might do a, a show on that. That sounds good. Cool. I think that's be awesome. All right. Well, it's been a fast 45 minutes, I'll tell you right now. And thank you so much for joining me today. And um, I've, I'm so in this, I forgot where I am to get us back out and put, start our music. Hold on. <laughs> I'm like, what, is, what do I do next? I can't do this. Well, I, so why don't you? We're, we're definitely impromptu. <laughs> well, we're, impro- we're, we're you know what? We're, we're 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 without a net here. All right. Well, I'm going to start our I'm going to start our outro music, and it has been a pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this with me, and I know people do get a blessing from it. I absolutely do because I do, and I think you do too. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye.